good afternoon everyone welcome to this the fourth episode in the series of mortgage advice podcasts from the london institute of banking and finance for those of you who haven't listened to a previous episode my name is gordon reed business development manager for the financial services team here at the libf today's podcast will last approximately 50 minutes and will focus on the importance of continuous professional development for mortgage and protection advisors in particular, I hope that we'll cover topics including which areas mortgage advisors should concentrate their development on, why CPD can make a significant difference to your career, and how to plan and prioritize your development. To help me today, sharing their views and expertise is an industry panel, including one returning podcast panelist and two new members. So, Making a return appearance after being part of our first episode back in November is Dave Woodbridge, Regional Sales Director for Primus Mortgage Network. Welcome back, Dave. It's great that you agreed to join us again and weren't too scarred by your first experience. Thanks, Gordon. Appreciate it. I'm delighted to be back. I've got a bit of man flu this time, though, so I hope uh, I sound all right. Uh, you sound fine. Well, apart from, apart from the Brummie. Brummie, the, the yeah, I can't do anything about that. No, we'll, let, we'll yeah. let you off that one. Uh, and I have to say, with your background in sales, sales management and l and I'm very much looking forward to your views today. What I'm not going to do on this is I'm not going to share anything about Dave's career history. I'm simply going to say, if anyone wants to know about Dave's career history, then you need to look back to the first episode in November 21. Listen back to that. Okay. Next. <laughs> that's right that's what i'm trying to do next and the first new member of our panel i'd like to introduce sarah tucker known to many of our listeners as the mortgage mum sarah is the founder and managing director of the mortgage mum a brokerage made up entirely of women focused on mortgage and protection advice sarah founded mortgage mum in 2018 and has won a series of awards and accolades and writes as a money expert for the sun as well as writing for mortgage strategy mortgage solutions and mortgage introducer busy lady i have to say <laughs> and she's also known by some for making it through to the live finals of the voice in 2019 welcome sarah it is great to have you on board too thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here that's brilliant and i'm particularly looking forward to hearing how you encourage your team to develop, given that you yourself certainly don't stand still, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I have to say, I was really chuffed to be able to get in your diary and actually uh, you find, find the time to join us. So, so really oh, appreciate that, Sarah. Thank you. And finally, last but by no means least, we're joined today by Neil McAllister, Training Academy Manager at Just Mortgages who have mortgage and protection advisors based over 200 estate agency branches right across the country. Now, Neil has worked within financial services for over 20 years with a range of clients from high net worth to those in the affordable housing sector. He's been an advisor within the banking world, a property investment advisor, and then having had the opportunity to work in L&D, he got bitten by the L&D bug. I know that bug as well. And his career journey continued to his current role at Just Mortgages. So that means as well as a wealth of experience with different clients, Neil now has a similar breadth working with all types of advisors. So welcome, Neil. Uh, good afternoon, Gordon. Long time listener, first time panellist. Um, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Good, good. Well, I, I'm, I'm conscious that I said to everyone from the outset that we had about 50 minutes. So without any further ado, I think what I'd like to do is, is to get into the, the first question, the first you know, the starter for our discussion. Um, so as I said, we're going to be talking about the importance of continuous professional development. Uh, so Neil, I just want to direct the first question to you, if I can, to begin with. Um, given that there are limited regulatory requirements for mortgage equity release advisors to undertake CPD, why do you believe continuous development is so important? And I'm, I'm conscious that you've got a background of, of working in financial advice as well, where regulatory requirements are a lot greater so why do you think it's just as important for mortgage and equity release advisors i you know i think it's one of those things where the industry that we work in um as an advisor if we put our advisor hats on you're getting so incredibly busy um and you think that the best thing that you can do is really just be there for your clients at all times at every time and you to a certain degree put yourself in the um, a bit of the back burner um, and I, I think we all do that for the right reasons because we think that's the right thing to do but 
um, you know, the market changes, uh, things change. You know, I, I, I'm sure there's people that will remember self-certificated mortgages, um, you know, all of those things that changed in the market that uh, I think when we saw a benefit to, we all sort of dived into. But for me, um, I think the continuous development is really for the clients as much as it is for the person individually, because Again, once you get into, uh, I think, financial services and certainly around the advice side of things, there's a, such a wide range of things that you can choose to specialise in. And so the CPD can really help you sort of drive towards the area that you want to work in as much as, um, as, much as anything else. And we do, you know, for the majority of us, we ask for a fee. And so, you know, we are, we pretend to be experts. And so um, one of the things that I think we should do is be an expert. Um, if you're going to say it, then, you know, really try and be it. And, you know, with that change of the market, you know, interestingly, um, they teach in medical university that half of the things that they're about to teach you will be null and void in 10 years. And I think we have to look at our industry in the same way. Um, you know, these things have half-life. So, you know, being an expert today doesn't make you an expert um, in a year's time. And so, the best thing for your clients as well as yourself is to throw yourself into an area of CPD that you are excited about because that will then uh, more transpose into your clients and your advice as much as anything else. And so while they don't perhaps make it as regulatory, um, and I think even if they did, Gordon, they would just, you know, it would be more of a tick box exercise. I think they want to look at, you know, where's the benefit to the person and to the client and drive the person as I'm sure Sarah will say, with, you know, with her team, you know, all people have experts, ideas in different areas and like certain areas and their CPD should be driven towards the area that they want to be an expert in. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, I think as well, the changing market, it's really hard to keep on top of and particularly during COVID, you had to be on top of industry press, you had to be reading because we were finding out at the same time as everyone else. Um, but of course, unlike other people we can't just read it our phone's also ringing at exactly the same time with our clients or prospective clients asking us what does this mean for my mortgage and you know can you translate this for me I remember when furlough came out we never even heard the word before I'm not even sure if it's in the dictionary or not but it was such a new word and we had to quickly become experts to not only answer those calls but to be putting videos out there and to be able to say to people in real time you know this is what it means for your mortgage this is the things we're looking out for um so you have to be used to that you can't just start reading it as and when it suits because otherwise you're on the back burner it has to be part of your role continuously um hence the name continuous professional development but I think COVID for me that became really clear why it's so important for us to keep on top of these things I think you make a good point there Sarah about the language, um, not just furlough itself. I think COVID introduced a completely different set of languages. There's all sorts of expressions that we never heard, but also probably situations, financial situations, which most mortgage advisors had never experienced. Mm. You know, even those of mm -hmm. us who've been in the industry for a long time um, hadn't necessarily come across the sets of circumstances that that COVID introduced. So. No. Yeah, good point. Good point. Dave, anything you want to add to that? I mean, I just echo what Sarah and Neil have said, really. I think, you know, <clears throat> certainly for me, I know from a personal perspective, you know, we, we go to school, don't we, where, we, where we're taught things and we're taught to learn. But I think you know, then you find your the career or the or the job that you, you choose to do. And I think suddenly that's when your thirst for knowledge is really ignited. And I think I think it might have been you, Neil, you mentioned about CPD becoming almost this tick box. I have to do so many hours, therefore, have I demonstrated I've done so many hours? Well, I think it's shifting. We, we need to constantly keep shifting from that mindset of, have I done enough hours? I've ticked my box, thanks very much. That's me done for a year into actually, like service, real life examples of why it's so important we maintain our knowledge and keep evolving and changing as the industry changes as client situations change as environmental factors like covid as we've discussed change it, it's absolutely essential and we were joking before a little bit about football teams and i won't mention who mine is but you know a, a footballer or a sports person 
they they don't stop training when they become professional and they train every single day to get better and better and better and better and I, and I think you know if we want to be the best that we can firstly for ourselves in terms of where we want to progress and achieve to and then as Neil said you know as importantly for our clients we owe it to both of those people us and the client to be the best we can we've got a little saying that sharpen your sword and it's always about sharpening your sword to be the the best that you can be for for everybody we owe it to our clients we absolutely do i think i think that football analogy is an interesting one but i was also thinking sarah from a singing perspective do we know Mm. any you know any any (laughs) singers who stop practicing you know yeah oh yeah if you it's a muscle like anything else like going to the gym as well like you can't just go and lift one weight and be like cool yet lifted (laughs) i'm just gonna say 100 kilos and just just be yeah bold um and then expect that three months later you can lift the same weight same as singing you can't hit a note and then you know not do anything and then expect to hit the same note and do the same performance on the stage um it's you have to be doing stuff continuously um and and this is no different if you want to be brilliant at something consistency is key yeah. with every aspect of it so and i have i've done it myself where i've stepped out of broking it's amazing how quickly it goes if you are not immersed in it um you just forget and you cannot give the same level of service to your client because it's not at the front of your mind. You've got to go away and research. You can't have that back and forth conversation straight away. And they'll probably go elsewhere. They will probably go elsewhere because they can sense it straight away if you don't immediately know what they're talking about. So, um, yeah, it's like falling off the wagon, really. You know, your, your performance will go with it. Um, and this is this is definitely how it needs to be viewed. it's quite interesting i've not really thought about this way but the fact that there are such limited regulatory requirements and i was only thinking about when neil was talking about and he was talking about whether people have done enough hours the great thing about being a mortgage advisor is because they don't have the same regulatory requirements there isn't that tick box there isn't that oh how many hours have i got to do it's how many hours do i need to do or or what do i need to spend my time researching you know, depending on what my specialities are, etc. Um, as opposed to simply having to do something, you know, financial advisors have obviously got certain restrictions, certain things that they have to tick off. And I, I see it sometimes with CPD records. It's amazing how many people in financial advice do exactly 35 hours a year. How, how you know? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we, we as a network, you know, we, and Neil, I'm sure the same and others are the same. We still have certain hour limits that we, we try and encourage and work with our uh, supervision managers out in the field to encourage people to, to drive that CPD. So again, even just the sheer nature of doing that does drive a, oh, I've got to do it. It's it's something I must do. And I, and I think, you know, what, what we've always tried to do, certainly kind of in the L&D teams and, and through our supervision teams is, is shift it to where it's a, I want to be doing that. I actually go on things. I book on events. I book on training to get my my knowledge up and evolve. And and actually, the record keeping piece is just a, just something. It's just that's the the final bit that we have to do. But actually, you're losing sight of all the benefits of the learning and the development and the knowledge and the and the progression that that you get involved by doing it naturally anyway. So. Yeah, we 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 see that very clearly in the network, Gordon. What you've just said. <clears throat> And as Sarah said, the likelihood is if you don't really know what you're talking about and you don't sound like you know what you're talking about, your customers will pick that up as well and they'll yeah. be off somewhere else. Yeah. You know, so it is a really, really competitive market. Okay, that's good. That's great. Um, if I can just move on then um, with, a, with another question just to, to open up the discussion a bit further. So what particular aspects of their role do you believe mortgage advisors should focus their development on and if i can pass that question across to you first of all dave um i I mean i think again with this you know sarah sarah doing the job on a day-to-day basis is has kind of given us already a really good example of 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 where this marketplace that that we've all chosen to, to work in how quickly it can evolve with things completely out of our control so in terms of kind of keeping abreast, I think it's 
it's you know we have to be aware of what the marketplace is doing we have to kind of um understand you know and, and look at all the predictions as we do of, of what's coming down in terms of interest rates and in terms of what um you know industry experts are saying so i think it's always good to have have that understanding i think often one of the things that that we kind of really encourage and and often gets not forgotten but like we say in terms of when we've just got the day job to do um is is actually when was the last time we looked at us in terms of how we are in terms of how we engage with our clients in terms of how we open up conversations in terms of how we respond and i think you know cpd continuous development is 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 as much about us as it is the the regulatory requirements and the the, the marketplace and i and i always used to encourage about when was the last time you had anyone give feedback to you about what you do with your client and how you engage that um, i know when i was in training I used to love people telling me what they thought I could do better or how I could improve. And it's almost like advisors get to a position where I'm, I'm giving great advice and I stop them getting feedback. We'll get our feedback from our clients, but actually from maybe a mentor or somebody else in the firm or an experienced principal or somebody saying that was brilliant. Or have you thought about developing that? So I always think, you know, again, sharpen the sword, your own skills is, is really, really useful as well as the, the regulatory and the, the environmental stuff that we've talked about. I mean, we, we are so lucky today, and I, this is the final bit, and I'll, I'll let some of the other guys speak, but we're so lucky today with social media that, that the information that we can get within seconds that, that's being fed from, you know, whether it's somebody like Sarah, who is, you know, a mortgage expert in terms of the, what she does and the, the fantastic business she's built and what she's delivered to her clients, uh, and likes of myself and Neil from the kind of network and the the, the group, the, the distribution kind of channel, or even industry expert. We're so lucky to have this source of information just constantly being fed through, whether it be LinkedIn or, or other kind of social media sites that, you know, that we haven't got to go on a course anymore to get information we haven't got to sit and bury our head in a book to get information i learn stuff on linkedin every single day from whether it's a, a, something an advisor has said whether it's a regulatory change whether it's a um you know even a skill you know a, a kind of how can i sharpen a question in most questions i ask or whatever it might be and I, and i think you know in terms of what should we focus on I think it's it's a bit of the market. It's a bit of our, uh, our us and what we need to do. And the final one, I think, is is the client is is thinking about the way clients buy the what what clients expect now from a from an, a mortgage advisor. And I think again with CPD, we can get really focused on us and what we need to know and so on and so on. But we're doing it for a reason, and that that is the client. So keep up to date with. Be aware of how clients purchase, what clients are looking for when they interact with any other industry, let alone the, the mortgage one, and, and kind of develop that as well. Um, so th those would be my tips in terms of working with the firms in the network that we see um, in, in terms of what they look for and develop. Anyone want to add to that? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think yeah I echo everything Dave just said I think I love when Dave mentioned about developing yourself as well because I don't think that gets spoken about enough particularly in this industry it's very numbers driven and it's um you know numbers and facts basically but there's a whole other realm um that ties into you know things that have become buzzwords now but are still hugely important like mental health working from home um you know your whole life is CPD basically because you don't know how to turn it on turn it off all these things come really become even more important when you're in control of all of your time at home. Um, so I, I really, I think that's really true, basically, that you do have to develop yourself. Something I tell the team, which really helps is with our social media, which obviously Dave mentioned as well. But if we're constantly trying to think what our clients want to hear, what is in the press, what do they want our opinion on? What do they need us to translate for them? So, I mean, just as an example, recently, this Kirsty Allsop thing that just went viral, um, her making a comment um, and not a great comment either for her. And 
to me to my mind not, and to not what giving I her say back, to the team. not given her background at least <laughs> no exactly she, her platform is is way too big to sort of say things that could be turned like that in my opinion but you know tricky because the press can totally attack you but that's a whole other episode I'm sure but the point is with my team is is I constantly get them into that frame of mind for marketing you know what are they going to put on their video what facts are they going to put out and that leads them to CPD the hardest thing is record keeping you know, it's one thing doing it, living it, breathing it, absorbing it. It's the other thing, like the admin of logging on. I've done five minutes here, 10 minutes there, 20 minutes there. Often, I think the record keeping doesn't reflect at all yeah. the amount of CPD all of the brokers do. And it's like anything that's record keeping, like police officers, you know, have to record all of their time where they've just made an arrest. And, and it's annoying and it's boring and like they probably do the bare minimum. And it's just the nature of it. We're, we're people people. We want to be talking, breathing it. We don't really want to be typing it all out. So I think that's kind of, that could be doing with being improved, like maybe just becoming a bit more modernized for brokers voice noting it or some other way of record keeping that isn't so manual but um I think people are doing it it's just it probably doesn't look like it on paper the imaginativeness that um people are doing but yeah going back to my original point if people are constantly thinking and imagining a newspaper is going to call them they they should be constantly ready for that opportunity and if they're promoting if they're doing content and scheduling content on their social media channels they will inevitably do cpd to create good content for their clients so actually it starts at the front end right at the beginning how do you attract the clients in that all leads into your cpd as well so it doesn't have to be such an arduous task it's just the record keeping that's the you can't avoid it it's just the way it is yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, Sarah, because one of the things I always get asked is, can I put this down as CPD? And you sort of think, okay, you can, but you know what we're trying to focus on, certainly from a just mortgage point of view, is the why are you doing it? It's okay you do do it, but why are you doing it? Um, and what's great here is you guys are talking not only about the, the advice themselves, but the clients, because I've just finished a piece on vulnerability and how vulnerable clients are. Um, and yes, it is part of CPD, but it goes to help all of us because... Uh, believe it or not, we were all um, uh, registered as vulnerable clients during COVID because of what was going on in the outside mm. world, concerns about our jobs, concerns about all of those things. Mm. And we probably didn't even realise we were vulnerable clients, you know, when it comes to purchasing and, and those sort of decisions. So for us, and certainly for me, you know, it does have to be a 50-50 split. You know, there has to be the, the why for you. Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and as an advisor, you know, the, the, the field is so wide open now, be it commercial, be it, um, you know, any of those sort of areas you can get into, affordable housing, you know, these areas and these sectors are changing on a daily basis still. And so I, I think it has to come from the advisor, you know, what areas do they want to look at um, and why do they want to do that, you know, as much for me as anything else. But, you know, I think certainly for, for equity release people, you know, looking at what is vulnerable and vulnerability, because that market's going to take off. And so, you know, again, as I, I think Dave and Sarah both said, it's about looking forward in the market, not just, um, you know, this lender has this mortgage product. And I think a lot of us can, or a lot of advisors can see, you know, ultimate product knowledge as the best type of CPD without you know, those little things that the clients are going to want, the, the, the benefits to the client. Um, and as much as anything else, there's not, you know, can I put this down as CPD would be a question I'd love to get rid of. Um, and yes, there's lots of different ways of doing it. And, you know, what is continuous development? You know, you could, there could be more guidance around, um, well, did you know that if you did this type of thing, rather than here's your spreadsheet, you've got your one-to-one -one coming up next month, um, you know, have you read this article and those sort of things? And so the why for us is a big deal right now. The why are we doing it? And, and the, the, the areas that we're picking are more market related as much as they are related to the advisor. Mm, so true. Yeah, I think I think all of you make some really, really interesting points there. I mean, just going back to what Dave was saying about how much time we spend looking at us and thinking about how we develop our skills. You know, we get to a point where we've done the role for a certain amount of time. Is there an assumption that our skills are as developed as they can be? But no, you can always, every single one of us can learn. You know, you, you talked about the question, you know, what can you do better? Uh, I used to ask the question, what can you do even better? 
you know, because sometimes sometimes people think, sometimes people will take that. Oh, if they're talking about what I can do better, there's an implication that uh, I'm not doing it that well. But sometimes, actually, you can add something just to something somebody is doing well. You know, mm-hmm. but you can make them you can make them even better, or they can make themselves even better just by developing part of their skill, developing part of their knowledge. Mm. And then that that focus on clients again, uh, and you talked, Sarah, about, you know, what is it that's concerning clients? And that is constantly changing. You know, all the rhetoric we've had over the last few weeks and months about inflation. Mm-hmm. Well, again, inflation hasn't probably been a serious issue to most members of the public for 30 years, which means for some people, they've never really experienced not I'm I'm still going to say it's not out of control inflation in comparison to what we might have seen back in the 1970s and 1980s. Mm. Um, And you think, right, so clients are potentially really struggling to understand how that impacts on them and and the stress it places on them. So not only has the advisor got to think about how does it impact what I'm doing, they've also got to get that, but how does it impact on how my client is feeling? So. Mm. There's some really, really good points there. Um, so, yeah, thanks for sharing those. I think I think the other thing as well is that there are a lot more specialisms now. You know, we talked a little bit about equity release, but I was also thinking about the specialist property market. You know, again, I think back to my early days in the industry, a mortgage advisor to a large extent was a mortgage advisor, was a mortgage advisor. But now we've got the equity release specialist, but we've got we've got lots of other specialists as well. And that in itself, as I think going back to something Dave said very early, informs where you might need to do your development. You know, if you want to specialize in particular areas, you know, you want to specialize in commercial property, you want to specialize in bridging loans, that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. a whole different world. Um, but you've also got to be brave enough to say that's not my area. I don't specialize in that. I can't help you in that potentially here's somebody else who can mm. so i did say that i wouldn't be able to keep my uh, views to myself so uh, I, just thought I, I like your views it's all good, all good. <laughs> fab fab okay thank you very much for those that's good um so if i can come to sarah first with my next question uh, and and you know by all means answer this on your own behalf but also answer it on behalf of of your team as well mm. um so i'm really interested how do you plan and prioritize your own development so in terms of the team which factors into mine anyway every tuesday we have an hour of collective cpd um, I'll, I'll talk to the team for 30 minutes about current affairs or topics that are trending, giving them marketing kind of insights um, or just letting them know what's happening at the front end because they're very much in the job um, every day. And I know what that's like. You know, you're very reactive, whereas I can sometimes have the ability to be proactive on their behalf. So every week I'll come in and say, like, green mortgages, this is what's happening or um, buy to let landlords are under this amount of pressure for EPCs and uh, these sorts of things that perhaps they haven't heard of yet or perhaps they have and there's a bit of discussion around that um, and then the last 30 minutes we give the lovely BDMs um, some airtime every week they love to speak to us they want to speak to the brokers all the time so we've we've got them scheduled in all the way to the summer because that's how many want to speak all the time to the team about what they're doing um, and if I let every team member just have every BDM scheduling a coffee, they would literally have no time to do their job. So we kind of control that for them. We'll put in a maximum of two BDM sessions a week. Um, and yes, they are queuing, but that is the way it has to be because the job, they'll speak to those BDMs as and when they need to. So we don't want to fill up and clog up their diary with constant criteria because it just actually is not great for the brain to just absorb that much information that's not relevant to their client at that time and once that client comes along they're still going to have to re-research a, a lot of that so we do that every Tuesday Tuesday's a really good day Monday's a little bit of a flagging day like it's people want to get going but they and they have kind of the weekend um energy still around them so Tuesdays is a great day for us to kind of do that inspire people and that inspires their social media for the week ahead but also just gives them kind of points of interest that they'll then go away and potentially add to. Um, 
And in terms of scheduling Fridays or the weekends, always a good time for me for what we suggest to catch up on admin, like work admin. So when the pressures are off for the job, just scheduling that time or time blocking for the annoying tasks that build up if you don't do them. Eat the frog is one of my favorite phrases internally. It's just eat the frog, get it done, stick a podcast on and just do it. Like record your CPD, do your admin, do your compliance. Um, it has It's part of the job. So things like time management is really important because when you've got clients calling you, it's really hard to just not live a reactive life as a broker forever and just never catch up, never catch your tail, let alone read industry press, let alone even care because they've got so many people ringing them. And I get that. So that's why that meeting is in there, because that's just once you do something four, five, six times, it's just in your diary and you know your clients, if they say to you, can I see you 9.30 Tuesdays? You just know you're not free till 10.30. And, and it's one hour, but it's one hour well spent. And it's obviously good team building and what have you. So I always do it creatively um, as well, trying to like, we do sort of breakout rooms. For those of you working from home still, there's so many things you can do with Zoom. So mm. breakout rooms, give them a topic each and say to me, you've got 10 minutes to come up with a five minute presentation to the rest of the team on said topic. And so they go away and they combine their knowledge and some will be Googling, some will be criteria hubbing and they'll come back and present for five minutes. And that's a great way of sharing soundbite CPD that just brings the team together. It's a little challenge. It's good fun. And, and it fills the time slot nicely. So that's how we do it. Um, but there's so many ways. But I just think it's really crucial as a broker, if you're listening, to just really be very strict with the time because if you don't do it, you'll suffer. But if you do too much of it, you'll, you won't be right in any business. So you might be really clued up and educated, but you won't be very wealthy. <laughs> you won't have many clients actually doing mortgages with you. So it's a really hard balance as with everything. Um, and hopefully, yeah, leadership teams can kind of help you if you're struggling with your own balance and the way you're kind of juggling everything. I, th I think you use the expression soundbite CB, CPD there, Sarah. And I think that's a really interesting point because I think one of the traps we all fall into, advisors, L&D people, et cetera, we all fall into is thinking that CPD is something that has to last half an hour, an hour. But so often you can learn something in 30 seconds. Mm. Yeah. Even, even, even going back to what Dave was talking about feedback, most effective feedback doesn't go on for an hour. The most effective feedback is something that it might be a passing remark. Yeah. Rather than waiting for a formal one-to-one, -one, it's something you say to somebody in passing and they go, oh, hang on a minute. That yeah. Can make a big difference. So. And I, th I think, um, I know I've just spoken for ages, but one other no. thing to mention is, <laughs> is like we're really lucky in the industry anyway that there's so many of us. So even if you're your own broker and you don't work for, you know, just mortgages or, or something bigger than you, um, there's all sorts of groups online that you can join just to, to be immersed with other brokers. And I think sharing your knowledge is the best kind of CPD. The best kinds for us is when some, some of us put something in the chat. This has just happened. Really interesting thing I've just found out. And if it's really interesting, we'll ask them to talk about it kind of in a video. I mean, we send videos all the time, but either in a video on the next Zoom. And that is the best CPD because it's on the ground. It's so informative. It's kind of inside info. But even if you haven't got that real tight team around you, I've seen groups online that give the same sort of thing and the same sort of our industry is lovely. Like it really is. It's a very close industry and people are genuinely nice people within it. So you can find yourself a space where you can just dive in and go, oh, I've just had this happen. Or has anyone had this before? And people are generally willing to help. And I think that's that's the best kind, really, because it's so relevant. Neil, I'm, I'm just curious. I was just thinking there. Um, so you you run the training academy for, for Just Mortgages. So how do you talk to some of the new mortgage advisors about the subject of ongoing development? I, I'm assuming you do talk to them about it, but, you know, from a right, once you've got through your induction training and you, you, you've got through cast, cast status, you know, what's the sort of advice you give them? I think one of the things that um, for me is, and certainly when I was an advisor, was that cold feeling you used to get when somebody would ask you something that you just didn't have any understanding of at all. 
And that drove me forward to really, I dealt with my CPD, I think more as like an exposure therapy. Um, I wasn't very good at protection, so I went to work for LifeSearch, uh, you know, and I threw myself into that. Um, affordable housing was something that I wasn't, uh, you know, we'd all heard of shared ownership, but with the changes in the market that were coming, I, you know, I, I worked for a company that was firmly in that space. And so for me, it was more the exposure therapy, but it doesn't work for everybody that, um, you know, it more scares people than anything else. And so when I, when I ran teams beforehand, um, and it's great to hear the way Sarah does it, and, and I think I was perhaps a little bit meaner, I would make somebody a champion of something that they necessarily didn't really like, um, be it, you know, we wanted somebody to come and talk to us about IP, for example, one of those wonderful things that changes all the time, uh, you know, somebody who wasn't very good at it, it gave me a reason to help them go through it as well and show them why it's beneficial for them to know what I knew about it or what everybody else knows about it. Plus, nobody really liked the idea of having to stand up so um, and run through those things. So the, the rule was, if you were the last in the meeting, you were the champion. For, so there was never any lateness. And so, it, you know, it, it scratched a lot of itches from those point of views. But you have to make it fun and you have to make it interactive. And, you know, if if I drone on about it in, in the academy, oh, you know, this is CPD, here's your folder, you know, write it down. Rather than, I, I guess I'm lucky because I, I'm dealing with people that are fresh into the industry. Um, we do inductions for people that are joining us who have experience, of course, but I, I'm dealing with the guys that are fresh into it. And so it's easy for me to build the basic blocks of this is just something that you will do and here's why you will do it. So I give them the why rather than the you must do it to start with. And so things like, for example, when we're doing around uh, product knowledge or around lender knowledge or uh, certainly advising, um, we look at how can we make that a little bit fun and, and say, there you go, that was CPD. So we're not making it a big thing. You are currently doing it. And I think it just sort of goes back to what Sarah's saying. The, the issue is recording it, not that they're not doing it. It's yeah. recording it because you could say that, you know, the three weeks I have them is CPD and you could fill all of that up because they are learning something new. But interestingly, whenever we find a subject and that, inevitably we go down rabbit holes of you know well what happens in this situation great let's find out there's cpd so it's using what they're asking to build the cpd for them and showing them that um you know now that you know this you won't get that cold feeling of oh no somebody's asked me something i don't know i'm just going to wing my way through it um and you know it has to come from them uh, but to show them how easy it is and the benefits of it as i say i get them fresh out of the out of the wrapper so i can build these these basic blocks of what is essentially good advice from the very beginning. Dave, anything you want to add to this, this question about planning and prioritising professional development? I mean, planning and prioritising, I mean, it, again, it's, you know, Sarah's given us some real kind of real life examples of, of how it's done. I think, I think we've all said, haven't we, you know, development is in the individual and, and the desire for development is in the individual. So people later in life will go off and get a degree because they've got that real thirst for knowledge as, as they get older with a, a career progression. I think one thing we always try and do to to try and provoke or inflame that that thirst for knowledge is is you know focus on what you want to achieve. What what are your career aspirations? Is it you mentioned you know years ago a mortgage advisor was a mortgage advisor. Now there's so many routes and so many specialisms and so many you know is it do you want to be a you know really understand social media and how that can be used? Do you really really want to understand how you can get at a certain group of, of and really look after vulnerable clients or a group of clients that that you you want to specialize in whatever that might be it, it's what's in here in terms of your aspirations and, and goals and, and i think so we always talk about goals what what do you want to do what do you want to achieve why do you want to do it what do you want your year to look like because then development and an ongoing professional development is all about you know as much about kind of you achieving what you want to do is how are you going to get there work backwards well you've got to provide the best outcome to your client you've got to provide fantastic advice you've got to get people listening to you on social media as, as Sarah and the team do in terms of that's a firm that I want to go and, and work with and have advice from because of that so it, it it really is planning and prioritizing if we if we sort of want to do something the planning and prioritizing is a pain 
if we really, really want to do something because we can see how it benefits me, my client, my career, my, my, my own individual aspirations, we'll make it happen. The planning and prioritising makes it happen. It's like when we lose weight, isn't it? It's, if, it, if I think I should lose weight, it's harder to lose weight. It doesn't happen. If I'm driven out of my mind to, I don't know, not me, obviously, but get in a wedding dress or do what I want to do because there's now an individual personal thing to develop myself, yeah. I don't wear wedding dresses on a weekend. Or just, <laughs> but you, you had get worried there for a second. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you get the point in that that it won't even become. A, I just train. It's just what I do to to lose weight. And I think you know we get bogged down with make sure it's in your diary. But it, but it's inflame your thirst for knowledge. Inflame your thirst for development. And you'll find the time. You'll you'll make the time. You'll you'll put that in. And and for me, that's what I do. For me, I kind of. It goes in my diary. Yes, it does. So that's that's the kind of planning piece. But then it's, you know, half an hour on social media, I'm already picking up, you know, I follow Sarah, I follow others. It's kind of you pick up stuff other in this industry. And I love what Sarah said about I've never known an industry who wants to help each other so much. There's not this kind of competition thing. It's, you know, I've got a great idea, we'll share it. That's really helpful. That's going to help me. So don't get too bogged down because otherwise we end up in this record keeping thing again. If you've got the thirst, you've got the passion, you'll plan and prioritize your own development. Just know what it is. What's your end goal? What, what do you want to achieve at, at the at the end is, is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that thought about what do you want to achieve? And because sometimes it, it can feel that there's too much focus on what the company maybe wants to achieve. And, and yes, that's relevant. And, and obviously, there's a certain amount, if you're leading teams, there's a certain amount that you need your individuals to do, which mm. you've all been talking about. The things that you are more likely to do are the things that you're excited by, the things that genuinely interest you. And again, that's, that's I suppose, one of, that, one of the big advantages of the market now is that there are so many different things you can do there are so many different ways to be a great mortgage advisor mm-hmm. so many different ways and so many different strands of being a great mortgage advisor um so so the opportunities that are offered in the industry are probably so much broader than they've been and will continue to broaden as the marketplace changes you know that there will be people who will for example be far more effective and actually far more um excited by for example supporting vulnerable customers mm-hmm. um, so i think i think as well you know even if you haven't got uh, a, a desire to specialize in commercial or other areas that the the passion for your client should drive you thirst that you know we every mortgage advisor i've ever ever worked with has has got that passion and desire to give the best outcome to their client and so let that be the driver as to your you know let that be the driver to you hit your own goals in terms of your development as well. So even if you haven't got this view of, I want to go over here and specialize or change or do anything, every client is different that walks through your, your office or on the phone or whatever that that's your, your passion then. Yeah, definitely. And I do think as well in the past, mortgages were a bit boring, weren't they? Like the mortgage broker job was, not seen as particularly interesting or it was it was sort of just what it was but now it's so different it's a really like people ask me about mortgages and property all the time for fun in their fun time like they could talk about anything they want and they want to talk about that so it's a really interesting dynamic place to be and there is so much you can read and be inspired by and ignited by and there's we're we're very lucky if you are an in, a broker working in this industry it has really changed and I don't see it going back to those dull ways I think it's it's a really great career path if you want to if you want if you're interested in it and you can find something every single day that's brand new to learn um so we're lucky we're in an industry that you can't know it all, which means there's always something you can be learning more about. I think that, you know, for me, it's also with the market, you know, we talked about the changes in the future. Those of us who've got kids, you know, the bank of mum and dad is perhaps one of the next fields to change. 
um, is something that I've been looking at as well. And so, you know, with the with mortgages being different, product knowledge used to get you through everything. You know, you could know everything about product knowledge and, and there'd be a certain type of client that would just go, yeah, great, thanks. That's that's the sort of thing I need. But clients can access that information just as easy as you can. So you have to be that expert. You have to answer that question because they're going to go on money supermarket or, you know, one of these crazy sites and go, oh, well, that's 1.1%. Why can't I have that? And they need us. They, get, they need our help. And I, I still love that we're called mortgage advisors. We have nothing to sell. We advise people on what's best for them and give them the options. And unless you can confidently do that, you'll get found out. And so, you know, the what's in it for you is the career, is all the things that Sarah's talked about, but you can really drive it forward and you can, um, you know, run your own company. You know, so any advisor who's just starting out, you know, there's, there's no reason, there's nothing stopping you running your own company but find the path and know the path and work towards it. And I think, um, you know, there's so much help and there's so much support out there. As I think, you know, even things like this podcast are doing for everyone, just to give them that little insight, that little five minutes, just to go, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll try that. That's great. Mm. That's what we're looking for. Mm. Well, certainly, I mean, that's, that's part of the, you know, part of the reason we do these podcasts is, you know, absolutely, we want to support the mortgage advice world you know we're doing it here to help with education if if people listen to this podcast and they think of one thing one thing that one of the three of you said creates a light bulb moment for however many mortgage advisors then it's worth doing um, mm-hmm. because that's that's what this type of thing is about and I've loved this discussion, but I am actually quite conscious that we're, we're sort of getting towards the sort of 50 minutes that I, I suggested this would be. But I just thought, just as a final point, um, I just thought I'd go out and, and throw this open to the three of you. Is there anything else, given, you know, we're talking effectively to mortgage advisors here, this is our opportunity. Is there anything else you would give as a last top tip to a mortgage advisor in terms of, how they can be even better at their own developments. I, I think uh, I'll, if you don't mind, uh, I'll take this one only because I, I'm starting out with these guys in the new world. Um, and so it's something that we sort of cover anyway. But, you know, I, my whole ethos for any training that I do is advice, not price. So, you know, that is not a, a strap line that we use, but it's, it's what's in the back of my mind. And the best thing that I could tell anybody is, when you go onto training and when you do all of the um, C maps and all of these other things, and it fills your head with such wonderful information, the trick is to try not to download that to the client, to keep it as simple as you're explaining it to, as Sarah said, if somebody in the, in, in the outside world, if you like, or in their private time, ask you uh, about mortgages, what you don't want to start doing is giving them jargon and, oh, you want to do this and multiply that. You want to explain it as if you're explaining it to your mother. I mean, my mum was a teacher for 35 years, but, you know, did she understand mortgages? Absolutely not, you know. And so what she wanted to know is what happens in A, B and C. And so I've always used that moving forward as keep it as simple as you were explaining it to somebody who has no idea what you're talking about. Um, And from that standpoint, if they ask you, you know, what does this jargon mean? You know it, but you don't have to tell them straight away. By talking, you don't make yourself an expert. And so we try and keep basic advice as simple as we possibly can. So it is understandable to absolutely anybody. Um, and I think that's that's my top tip. You will be an expert, but try and keep it inside your own mind unless they need to know and unless they ask. Just keep it simple. Neil, it's a really good point that you made about talking almost as if you're talking to your mother, because if anybody listened to last month's podcast, Uh, where we were very much focused on protection, they'd have heard Carla Edwards talking about the fact that um, she actually tests out some of the things she's talking about uh, to her children. Mm. Um, So goes to the other extreme, test things out with a nine-year-old or a 12-year-old. And she says, if my nine-year-old can't actually understand what I'm talking about, then I'm talking too much jargon. So actually, interesting, Mm. you make the same point. Sarah, Dave, any last thoughts from you? My tip would be, Imagine you're um, going to get a phone call from any national newspaper and that will drive a rocket um, to make you be aware of what's going on. So 
imagine that that's going to happen. And at the same time, like Carla alludes to, I love Carla, um, imagine having to stand in an assembly and explain concepts to students. And if you can strike both those things, you're in a good spot because you need to be able to have active conversations at high level to do your job well. And at not low level, I'm not going to say it's low level, but simplified level to be able to explain complicated concepts in a way that people feel like they can relate to and feel interested in. Um, so you kind of got a dual task there. But if you can put yourself in both those hats, that will help you know what you should be reading up on. Because as well, you're going to have to deal with that breadth of client as well. You're going to have some, you know, potentially some clients, potentially vulnerable, real difficulty, financial capability might be quite low. And potentially you could have somebody who is high, high net worth, extremely well read, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I, I get that point. That's a really good point, Sarah. Thank you. Dave, anything last, last tip from you? Yeah, I mean, we echo, echo everything the guys have just said, and you know, we say the same around, you know, translate. You are a translator to your client from technical to, to their language, ultimately what they understand. I think for me, well, just then, because I know we're, we're, we're kind of short on time, but really the, the, the biggest tip in terms of development I would give is, is, is just be actively doing something regularly. Consistency is key, and I think Sarah said it, and, and it is whatever it is, whatever you are kind of, if we've, if you've chosen this career path, someone on my, my team, uh, a lady called Kate, she's always said to me, you're not a tree. If you don't like something, do something else. You're not a tree. You're not stuck where you are. So we've all chosen this wonderful world that, that we work in. And I think, you know, it's have that, that passion for it. And that will inspire you to learn. And, and if you enjoy what you do and you look and you care about your clients and you care about what you do, you'll, you'll want to get better. You'll want to learn. So the biggest tip is just constantly keep focused on what you want to achieve and then build your development around your goals, your aspirations, your desires, because the rest will fit into place and, and uh, have a passion for knowledge and a passion for your clients and you won't go wrong, is what I would say. Neil? Sarah, David, thank you so much. I have really loved this discussion, really enjoyed it. And I hope uh, some of our listeners will A, enjoy it, because B, that will mean they'll get something out of it as well. Um, as I say, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that if I invite you to join us again, you'll be, uh, you'll be up for that. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Fantastic. And uh, as I said, uh, I look forward to uh, recording another episode. So for those of you listening, we will be recording episode five of the Mortgage Advice podcast series from the LIBF uh, sometime in the middle of March. So look forward to speaking to you all soon. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about our qualifications, training and upcoming events, then go to libf.ac.uk. We also have other podcast channels that dive into topics like trade finance, financial advice, fintech, and more. You can find all of them at lrbf.ac.uk forward slash podcasts.